What is going on, Buffalo sports fans? Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Sports Banter. I know it's been about two weeks. We weren't here. I was helping my sister move. Hunter was also busy the past two weeks, so we ended up taking a break. And obviously, you can tell Hunter is not here again. Uh, but today, I am joined by Jarrett Bailey, who is NFL writer for USA Today, host of the Pump Fake for uh, the Believe Network. As mentioned in his Twitter bio, he is a former high school basketball 11th man. Um, and if you want to follow him on Twitter, go follow him there at, at JBaileyNFL. Great content all the time. I mean, I even just saw actually something you just put out about um, seven hours of commercial-free football, or and that, <laughs> that tweet was great. Um, but yeah, so go follow him. Go give him a follow. Uh, Jarrett, how you doing? Thanks for joining me. And uh, just tell anybody else anything else you want them to know about you. I'm good, man. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. My Twitter's been on fire recently. I guess people are just figuring out that I'm kind of funny. Yeah. So nothing too much, man. It's like the, that dead period between, you know, when mini camp ends and training camp starts. So just getting all my credentials ready to go on my little camp tour. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be back and back and rolling until March. And then we start all over again when hell, even before March, when we got senior bowl in January combine in march and then draft in april so it's it's a never-ending cycle this is the calmest it'll be all year if you're in the in the business of covering football yeah yeah i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season though a lot of things i mean i'm, I'm curious to see what's gonna shock us and shock everybody um but yeah i mean it's it i know you recently on twitter have kind of started getting into a lot of bills fans really kind of Kind of following you and i see you interacting with them a lot um is, is that something that's kind of newer recently or have you always just kind of had bills fans around you i don't know like the past year or so they've been pretty i don't know supportive of me which i mean i, I appreciate the hell out of it. it's very nice um i don't know like i've always been like a josh allen guy the past couple of years and anytime i tweet anything about josh allen people get a hold of it um and a bunch of like you know the cover one guys and i are pretty tight um just a lot of different, you know, noteworthy, you know, Bill's media people that I'm friends with. And, it, you know, I think it's just kind of built organically. Like I'm, I'm buddies with Matt Perino at Syracuse.com. He does a bunch of great stuff, but, um, you know, a lot of great Bill's content from him. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, kind of happened organically. The the person uh, who I used to do the uh, uh, my, my podcast with was a Bill's fan. Um, and then he actually got a job with the team, so he no longer, you know, can do it with me, which, you know, I miss. Kurt, shout out Kurt Homiser. I love Kurt to death. Um, so, yeah, I think it just kind of happened organically where, um, you know, if I tweeted about tweeted about the Bills or Josh Allen or something like that, people would get a hold of it. It would usually blow up because if one Bills fan likes something, they all seem to, you know, flood together and enjoy it together. So I think it was just kind of an organic happening like that. But. Uh, I got a lot of love for for Bill's Mafia. Like I said, I'm making a trip up there as one of my camp stops, so that'll be a good time. Uh, first time being at Bill's camp, so it'll, it'll be it'll be a fun day. Yeah, yeah. Bill's camp's always fun. I mean, yeah. If you tweet something good about Josh Allen, Bill's Mafia will make sure that that, that you get some love. It, it's constant. Yes. Yeah, but um, it's the if it's the opposite. Usually not too great, but yeah, Bills camp should be fun. I'm gonna, I know I'm going for at least one day. Those tickets sold out fast, um, and they were actually free, even though they just went were gone in like a minute. So it's 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 gonna be a good camp, gonna be good for everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're here to talk some Bills, here to talk some Steelers a little bit too, because I know you're a Steelers fan. Um, so it, it's gonna be a good time here. Um, although I do actually, you might have froze here for a second, but um, 
yeah, we'll see if Jarrett gets it figured out, if, he, if, it, if he's good. If not, I'm just going to get right into it. Um, we're going to be talking first about the AFC East. So the AFC East has a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot of teams in it. Um, and there's just a lot really, really just riding on on a lot of these teams. So it's, it's going to be a fun season. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to hopefully Jarrett can, can get going here. I don't know if it's something. Oh, there we go. And I have no idea what just happened. Oh, you're good. I'm, I'll be able to edit this easy. I mean, it's, okay. it's fine and everything. Perfect, perfect. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. So I don't know where I was actually, though, because I was talking, and then I noticed mid like midway through talking. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I know where I was. But, okay. I mean, we just want to get right back into it. But, yeah, no, I'll be able to edit this. It'll be all good. And okay, cool. It's the, it's the, the upside of not being alive. That show. is a very nice upside, yes. Yeah. So, all right, we'll just get right back into it. All right. Uh, I know that this video probably just cut a little bit, probably a little edit there. Uh, we had a little technical issue, but we're all good. We're still going. So from what I was, what we were talking about a little bit before, you know, Jared's been getting into a lot of Bills, Bills fans following him. Um, and we were about to get in right into our topics, actually. So it's it was kind of perfect timing that it happened before we started getting into everything. So um, we're going to start, though, with talking about the AFC East. It's going to be a battle in that in this division this year. Um, I know you're yourself a Steelers fan, so you probably you follow the AFC more probably than the NFC. But I know so I know that the AFC East you're, you've been talking about a lot recently too. But we got the Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Patriots, all teams that for me I can see making the playoffs. Patriots maybe not as much. Um, but what are your just overall thoughts on the AFC East on the battle for first, and how many of them do you think make the playoffs? I think it's the Bills division until proven otherwise. You know, I think that you know, Miami seems to be the hipster pick to win the division this coming into this year. Um, you know, Miami's had a good offseason, you know, acquiring Jalen Ramsey, hiring Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator. Um, and that's getting a lot of praise, you know, because Fangio is a good defensive coordinator. The only thing that worries me and, you know, we talk, I talked about this with my friend J.P. Acosta from SB Nation, and he made a good point. And how long is it going to take? for Miami to get used to this. It's a complete change defensively in terms of how they're going to attack offenses because, you know, before they were a little bit more blitz happy. Big Fangio is not a blitz happy guy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how guys like, you know, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, I think they'll still get theirs. And I think both of them are going to have solid seasons. And Christian Wilkins is a guy who can win one-on-one, but, I think that there could be early growing pains depending on how much we see these guys in preseason and whatnot. Um, but I think that their, their ceiling is definitely elevated um, because of the additions that they made. Uh, the Jets, I think, you, know, you look at how they did last year. They were a borderline playoff team with Zach Wilson and Mike White. And they end the season kind of on a skid um, and finish with seven wins. But you add Aaron Rodgers, 
along with that really good defense, Garrett Wilson, an offensive line that still needs maybe one more guy, but for the most part is solid if Makai Becton can stay healthy. Defensively, they just signed Quinton Williams, who's one of the best defensive tackles in football. They got a really good front seven, and then maybe the best cornerback tandem in the league with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. So defensively, they're solid. Offensively, they'll get Brees Hall back, got Michael Carter. Um, yeah, they got weapons on that side of the ball. And like I said, you got seven wins last year with bad quarterback play. You add Aaron Rodgers, who I think at his best is still you know, a top 10 guy. Then they're going to be right in the mix, too. In terms of how many teams I think come out of this, I think it'll be those three. If if there will be multiple teams and if there will be three teams, I think it'll be those three. I don't think New England's going to just because, one, those other three teams are head and shoulders better than them roster-wise. Belichick raises their floor, but... we. We've seen already that having Bill Belichick doesn't guarantee you a playoff spot. They went seven to nine that year with Cam Newton in 2020. They won seven games, I believe, last year. I I don't see their floor or their ceiling being much higher this season. Like you got Juju Smith Schuster, you overpaid to extend Devontae Parker. And defensively, they're still going to be solid. Like you got Christian Gonzalez, that's good. Matt Judon, Josh Uche, Josh Uche. In the front seven, like defensively, we know the Belichick defenses are going to be good. Offensively, though, man, they're going to be a bore. And I, I don't, don't see a very high ceiling for them on that side of the ball. So I think at least two teams, potentially three. Um, but as of right now, I think it would go Bills, Jets, Dolphins in that division. And then Patriots yeah. and fourth. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – it really is going to be di- difficult for any team in this division to run away with it. I don't think yeah. – last year it was a three- or four-game lead at the end. I don't think you'll see – or three-game lead at the end. I don't think you'll see that. I think you'll see it will come down to week 17, week 18 um, with a lot of – with those division games at the end. I believe the Bills finished their schedule with the Dolphins week 18. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a fun one. I mean, for me, when I'm looking at each team, when I'm looking at the Patriots – as you said, this defense, they're going to be, it's going to be the Patriots defense. They're going to have their, you know, their, their great, great plays. They're going to be a great defense. It's Bill Belichick's forte. Um, but yeah, offensively, I don't hate their offense. I, I like some of the pieces they have, but they don't have that superstar. They don't have that guy that can be that difference maker. And yeah, you get rid of a, a horrible offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, who had no idea what he was doing. And yeah, that's better. But now you have Mac Jones going into his third year with a third different offensive coordinator. It's yeah. just going to get tougher for him to learn these. And now he's got Juju coming in. And, you know, I, I just don't know how much that necessarily helps him. Like you said, with is Juju going to be that guy? We don't we don't really know yet. I mean, he'll, he'll definitely be a solid receiver, but I don't think he'll ever, he'll ever be a number one at that level of being a, being a difference maker for offense that can help lead them to a playoffs. Yeah. So and with this division if if they if you were asking me if the patriots were in the nfc i would probably say that they make the playoffs just squeak into the playoffs or maybe win a division in the nfc afc i think it's just too tough for them to make it but yeah and then when it comes to the jets i have the jets a little lower than the dolphins i know everybody's got it back and forth with especially even those three teams it's just such a so close with everything i just think that the I, I for me it's more I trust I trust Mike McDaniel's as a coach more than Robert Sala, and I know everybody's kind of back and forth on that as well because they're both coaches that are different style of coaches. They're completely yeah. you know Mike McDaniel's especially even offensively is just completely different. It's you know we're gonna go over the middle we're gonna have those anticipation throws with Tua where the Jets 
we still don't know yet what the offense is going to look like for them, but you know that it's probably going to be very similar to Aaron Rodgers' entire career. I mean, you got Garrett Williams or Garrett Wilson there. You got a lot of former Packers receivers. So I, I would imagine it's going to look a lot like that offense. And then you get, yeah, you got the Bills, who disappointing end. I mean, everybody was very disappointed. I know everybody was calling for a lot of people's heads over here. But I don't know if you can necessarily have a season that I don't I don't think you'll have a season that will end up being as physically, mentally or just emotionally exhausting as last season for the Bills. So I don't think I'm not I'm one of the ones that I'm not really too worried. I'm more worried about the other teams getting better than the Bills themselves. Um, So first, I want to ask you just about the Patriots. Because obviously the Patriots, there's also been some talk with Bill Belichick could be, you know, could be towards the end of his the line there in, in New England. Could be something that they end up, if they don't do well this season, it could be a question. So what do you think the, the Patriots as a organization, what direction they should go? And what direction do you think makes the most sense for them with Bill Belichick and with Mac Jones? I think we've seen their ceiling with Mac Jones at quarterback. Uh, in his rookie year where, okay, they'll win some games a little bit by luck and by, you know, just how the cards laid for the other teams that they faced. Um, but regardless, you know, they can, you know, sneak into the wild card spot and then just get boat raced by an actual team with an actual quarterback. I think that is their ceiling is okay. Yeah. You can be a playoff team, but you're going to get killed yeah. in, in wild card weekend. Um, so, and if you're Bill Belichick and if that becomes more evident this season where, okay, Mac isn't the guy, in terms of, you know, if you want to win a championship, you can't do it with him, then I've had the past few days, like, going in my head, like, a, a conspiracy theory, maybe not a conspiracy theory, but, like, a, you know, just a, there is a team who's going to be bad this season, who just went through a regime change, they aren't tied to the quarterback they currently have, and if they're going to be that bad, they could try to if they're in a spot to take a Caleb Williams or a Drake May and they decide to do that, then this quarterback's going to be available via trade. I don't know how well Bill Belichick would get on with Kyler Murray and vice versa, but and I saw like Kyler Murray saying he's opti- like he's trying to be ready for week one. Dude, you tore your ACL in like December. You are not going to be ready for week one. Yeah. Um, so I think that you know Arizona's going to be bad. And if they're going to be in position to take Caleb Williams, take Drake May, you know, their um, their current front office isn't tied to him. Jonathan Gannon isn't tied to Kyler Murray. They can move him. And if the cards fall where Bill Belichick decides that he needs a new quarterback and if Kyler Murray's right there, the talent speaks for itself with Kyler. It's just a matter of, okay, how's that fit going to be personnel-wise and in the locker room and whatnot. So that that's an option. Um, if Kirk Cousins... You know, maybe he's a potential option. I think that he would fit in well with a Bill O'Brien offense. So there, there's going to be some some good vets available. I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to die before he lets Kirk Cousins go anywhere else next season. But uh, there's going to be some some options out there. Or maybe they turn to the draft themselves. You know, if they have enough uh, tricks up their sleeve, if they finish poorly enough and have an opportunity to move up and take a guy, then maybe they do that. Um, there, there will be options if they realize that Mac isn't the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be they're, – they're a team where I don't – yeah, there's so many ways that they can go with it, and I don't think – I think the only way that they don't go is Mac Jones being their guy for the future. I just don't think that – like you said, it's been pretty evident, and I know last year Matt Patricia was god-awful, 
but that still doesn't to me fully fully give an excuse for Mac Jones and how he played. No, I agree. Like Peyton Manning played in some bad offenses early on. Aaron Rodgers was stuck in Mike McCarthy's system and McCarthy's final days in Green Bay, and they still put up respectable numbers and were, you know, consistently, if not in the playoffs, in the playoff race. New England and Mac Jones were a dumpster fire largely last year. And they got off by playing a bunch of like they played the Colts. They play like a bunch of bad teams that kind of helped sweeten their record a little bit. But no, like I understand that if he had a different offensive coordinator, the numbers would have looked better. But he's not a superstar. He's not that guy. He I think his ceiling is being a middle of the pack starting quarterback that if you have everything perfect around him, you can probably win with and get to the playoffs. But you won't be getting far when you do get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly think the Kirk Cousins idea it, it it makes some sense to like it makes a lot of sense to me it seems like a patriots type of player so that will be something i think that especially to, at the end of the season that people will be looking at and saying is that going to be something that happens but with this just with this division it's gonna be so tough for the patriots to to really go with a guy like kirk and think that will make that big of a di- difference i mean even if you get kirk are you still gonna be a playoff team I, it's still I think, up in the air. I think that they're a lot better suited with Kirk just because oh. he's proven that like he's good for seven, eight wins. And I think that Belichick's probably good for another win that you probably wouldn't get. So, I mean, right there, that's probably eight, nine wins just off of quarterback and coach alone. And then however the rest of the cards fall, you could be a 10-win team, nine-win team, getting the seven or six seed. Um, they need... And like this is far off and everything, but they need to get a go-to guy in that offense because they don't have one right now. And we'll see if they decide to do that. Maybe Marvin Harrison, you know, depending on how high they draft. Well, we'll see. Kirk Cousins and Marvin Harrison, 2024 New England Patriots. Oh boy, that would be that would be something. I mean, we'll see what they do, we'll see how their season goes. Um, but yeah, I, I think we both expect them to be bottom of the division, not a playoff team. But now on to the Dolphins. The Dolphins, another team made some big moves and made big moves last season, right? Maybe Chick Nick or not Nick Chubb, uh, Bradley Chubb. And then you got, obviously, this season, Jalen Ramsey is the big moves for them. Yeah. My question to you, though, is can Tua Tagovailoa lead this team not only to the playoffs, but deep into the playoffs? And can he stay healthy the whole season? I think health is the biggest question when it comes to him. Um, man, look, the, the co- concussion stuff last year was scary. And I think first and foremost, you know, he needs to worry about him and make sure that, you know, he's, I just hope Tua's okay. I think that's, yeah. you know, kind of the, um, the point there in terms of, can he lead a team deep in the playoffs Tua's is efficient. I don't think that he is as skilled as guys like Burrow and Allen and Mahomes and Lawrence and Jackson, you know, he's accurate. And that's good, but there's been a lot of accurate guys that have just kind of had, you know, if you look at the, uh, you know, the line chart of their career, have had peaks, and those random peaks, and then just kind of troughed out as being, you know, a middling quarterback. I think that he's better than average. I don't think that he is in that elite quarterback. I think he's much closer to being like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, than he is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Um, so with that said, They've got two of the fastest human beings on earth for him to throw to. Um, and then defensively, like we've already talked about how they should be better on that side of the ball. Offensive line, I think, is the really remaining question here. Um, now, we'll see how that how that goes. But in terms of just Tua himself, I, I think that he's a guy that you win with, not necessarily because of. And again, that's not 
I'm not trying to bash Tua. I'm sure that if Dolphins fans listen to this, they'll they'll run to Twitter and yell at me, which is whatever. Um, but I'm not. Uh, like I said, I think he's much closer to being like Garoppolo, Goff, where if you build a really good team around him and give him all the weapons that he needs, he can distribute the ball really well. He's an accurate thrower, and he'll get the ball to where it needs to go. But I don't think that you know you're you know, down six. With a minute 50 left, I don't think you're picking Tua Tungalailoa to be the guy to you know, consistently lead you lead you to, to clutch victories like that. I understand he did it last year against Baltimore. Um, I think that was those were more on defensive lapses on the Ravens' part than on the Dolphins' part. Um, but I think that's kind of where I sit on him. He's you know, slightly better than than average. Yeah, I mean, I think... You kind of took the words out of my mouth, even right before you, the one you said that he—he's a guy that you're not—he's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but you can win one with with him. I believe, like that he's. I say, yeah. If you have like a perfect roster around you, and you just say, "Hey, man, you're an accurate as hell thrower. Just don't mess it up. Get the ball where it needs to go." Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, but I—I I, I just I—that's my thing. Is I'm I'm curious to also see if he, like you said, can play a full season. Can he stay yeah. healthy enough? Can he? Even when he does, if he does get hurt, is he going to take care of himself first? Because it seems as though, like, yes, he probably cares about himself, it seems. But he also sure. seems like he, he loves the game of football so much that he's willing to put himself on the line for this game and for his career and everything like that. Because most, most guys would not would not be able to take what he took last year yeah. and be able to come out and say, oh, like, yeah, I know it sucks, but I'm fine. It's It's tough to be able to do that. I think after everything happened with the first Bills game when he came out and it looked very evident that it was a concussion and they tried brushing it off as a back injury, yeah, that wasn't great. And then immediately in the next game, he gets knocked out on the whole, you know, the fencing motion thing. Everybody was scared and it was a scary thing. Um, yeah. And then later on in the season gets another one against Green Bay. So like I said, first and foremost, his health is the most important thing. But if we're talking purely in a football standpoint, I don't think that he's a guy that you win necessarily because of. I think that if you have the right pieces around you, you can win with him. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the Dolphins. I mean, they got a good team. I expect them to be a playoff team. Um, but it's going to be a dogfight, like we said. But now, last team I want to talk about before we get into some a little bit of the Bills, the Jets. They're another team, like we, we, we mentioned. We talked about them a little bit so far. What is your number one concern outside of offensive line for them? Is it coaching? Is it just can the defense stay at that level? Is Aaron Rodgers going to regress? Just what what about this team? Is it Brees Hall? What do, what about this team besides the offensive line? Because I think that's the number one glaring thing on yeah. this, that that team. Besides them, what are you, what are you most worried about for them? That the offense looks like Green Bay's did last year, where Aaron is more or less calling the offense and it's not working, um, and he tries to do too much himself, and that gets them into trouble. If they simplify things, and if Hackett actually turns out to be a good play caller. Because remember, like Hackett was his quarterback coach. Matt LaFleur was the guy calling the plays. So uh, him just being Aaron Rodgers' buddy, I don't necessarily think that garners like the Jets as, you know, being, you know, immediate. Like I'm cautiously optimistic about the Jets simply because of the things I already pointed out. They were seven win team last year with uh, Mike White and Zach Wilson. Um, I think that if they would have just kept, because they had Mike LaFleur in the building at, at OC, if they would have just kept him and brought in Rogers, I think this goes over a lot smoother. Um, we'll see with Nathaniel Hackett, I guess. 
uh, that's really my biggest concern is, is the offense just going to be what it was in Green Bay last year? Because if that's the case, then they're not, it's going to be more of the same with the Jets. If yeah. Hackett turns out to be a solid play caller and they can you know, figure that out, then I think they'll be fine. Yeah, and I, I was going to point out also that if they start off rocky or if the offense starts out rocky, I mean, they're in, they're in New York, right? It's that New York media. They're not going to let up. Is that going to affect this team as well, especially now that they got hard knocks coming to them? It, it just seems like the NFL thinks that something's going to just go haywire with them, that they're going to be ready for it, even in training camp for them. Like they think it's going to have something's going to happen then. So I just think it's, it's a hard schedule. The whole AFC East has a tough schedule. And if they start off slow, is that going to cause problems maybe in the locker room or outside of it? especially with Nathaniel Hackett being somebody who I think around the NFL, at least most NFL fans don't think Nathaniel Hackett is ever going to be a good, at least coach that's a coordinator or coach just in the NFL because of how it went in Denver last year. Now, again, Denver, that was a different story. There's a lot of factors to that. You got Aaron Rodgers. Now I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to take a step back as much as Russell Wilson, because as bad as Nathaniel Hackett was last year, Russell Wilson also, I think took a step back himself so it, it's it's going to be like you said. It's going to be interesting to see how they do, how the, how the play calling is, and if Hackett can put it together with Rodgers and not not have it be a mediocre offense. When you have a guy like Garrett Garrett Wilson, you have Brees Hall coming back, Michael Carter, who may not have been the same guy he was last or in in his rookie season, but he was still, you know, he was a good rookie, a good rookie. But then you know, this past season struggled a bit. So it's going to be interesting to see this offense, how they work, how they, what the style is going to be. And it's going to, I think, be, like you said, the defense, I think we know is going to be stout. It's going to be a great sure. defense. But this offense is going to be the number one question with a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, a young, younger weapons as well with Wilson and, and you know, Brees Hall. So Jets, I mean, they they got a lot going on there. Um, but they have not been in the news, I think, as much as maybe the Buffalo Bills this offseason. It's, it's been another team. I mean, the whole AFC East has been in the news a lot, but same with the Buffalo Bills, and I got to ask you about the, do you, what do you think about the Stefan Diggs situation of him leaving practice a little bit early, McDermott saying he was very concerned, and then that whole, you know, that whole day people were going crazy. Do you think it affects the team at all, especially if they start off slow, just like I was talking about the Jets? Do you think it could affect their season if they start off slow? I think it was just horrible communication on the part of McDermott because, you know, when Josh Allen went on busting with the boys, he said, yeah, things got a little bit heated. He told him just to take the day off. And that was that. If McDermott said that, everything's fine. It's like, yeah, you know, we were talking earlier. I told him just to, you know, take the day. We'll cool down. He'll come back tomorrow. Everything's solved. Yeah, people are still going to talk about it because, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, why Why is everything heated? At least he comes out and is transparent and not saying, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yes, you do. What do you mean you're concerned? You know why he's not there. And that blew everything out of proportion. And I think when Josh was talking about how there might be a communication issue within the organization, that's probably accurate. And within the organization, I think it comes from McDermott. Um, I think Sean McDermott has a lot to prove this, this season because – Leslie Frazier's no longer there, and I think that he kind of became a scapegoat for everything that was wrong defensively. How different is McDermott's approach going to be defensively than, than Leslie Frazier's was? Because if it's more of the same, then we're going to realize, oh, maybe Leslie Frazier wasn't necessarily the problem. Maybe it's Sean McDermott. And I like McDermott. I think he's a good coach. 
but no coaches is without fault. And right now his seems to be uh, a lack of aggression defensively and communication. And that's not two good things to, to not be up to par with. So a lot of this could have been avoided if he was just transparent with about everything. And, you know, I, I can understand why there would be some internal frustration from Diggs and the team when, you know, he seems to be on the same page with the rest of the rest of his teammates when he came back to minicamp. Everything seemed to be fine. But, yeah, this whole thing could have been avoided. And it's more annoying than anything. Yeah, and I I was going to say it's, it's also – it's very uncharacteristic for Sean McDermott to come out and do something like that. They're, you know, being in McDermott their whole time they've been here have preached, you know, nothing gets out of this building – Everything is, you know, we're going to handle our stuff inside. It's not going to be handled outside. And it was just hearing him say that, I think, set people off a little more because, you know, it's not something that you'd, you'd expect your coach to say. And even if there was something really wrong, why would he want it out in the public like that when you know the media is going to eat it up, especially with how Diggs has his past of leaving Minnesota and everything like that. And just the whole Josh Allen kind of news this this whole offseason and everything with his relationships and everything. It's, it's just been a lot. And you were just you had, you had fuel to the fire. It, it did not help the situation at all. And I think, it, like you said, it's a big season in the fact that if they don't make it out of the first round or even the second round, depending on how they lose in the second round or anything, there's going it's going to be a huge question then of, oh, is he actually the problem? Is it, you know, people are going to maybe try to use Dorsey again as, a, as another scapegoat. He's been another guy that people have tried to use as a scapegoat. Sure. But at the end of the day, a lot of these things that you see are repetition things, re- repetitive things with the Bills, like blowing close games. Even though I know this year they played well in close games, in past games they've blown some leads, and they've, they've like, especially late in games, and they just haven't been able to get over that hump. And while I love Sean McDermott, I love what he's done, it is starting to become a question. It is starting to become, can they start to make that? Can they make a Super Bowl? Can they even make one? That's the big question. And just hearing him say that was very uncharacteristic. And it, it, it was shocking. I think that that was the biggest thing. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the rivalry between Mahomes and Burrow being like the modern day uh, Brady and Manning. I think Josh Allen's kind of big Ben in the situation where he can't seem to overcome Mahomes, And that was the big thing with the Steelers is like, yeah, they got two rings and you can't take that away from them. They were incredible. Both those years, they didn't have to go through Brady either of those years. And even if they get to the AFC championship game this year, the bills, if they run into Mahomes and they can't beat him again, uh, real questions are going to be starting, you know, to be asked in that building. Like, okay, do we have the right guy? And, you know, those are fair questions to ask. Yeah, and I think the thing with the Chiefs, too, that's crazy to me is they the Bills have beaten them a lot in the regular season. But the playoffs, they just they could, they yeah. can't do it. Yeah. So that's like the, that's the question. That's the thing about McDermott is can he do it in the playoffs? Can yeah. he stay consistent all throughout that? Can he become that aggressive play caller when the time's right? And, you know, we'll see this season. Um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of stuff that's going to happen with this. Like we said, there are multiple. I've said it multiple times this whole episode. The AFC East is just going to be a dogfight. Um, but I want to get off the negative, move to the positive now for the Bills. What are some players that you're potentially just excited to see in a Bills uniform this year? Maybe some surprise players. Just who on this team are you really keeping your eye on? The pass rush 
you know, to for for starters, you know, I think having Vaughn and Leonard Floyd, who they just added, they need they need some juice uh, in terms of getting pressure. Um, they've drafted that position heavy. None of them have really panned out to be anything special. Like Greg Rousseau is fine. Boogie Basham is not like that. They're those are two guys that they drafted relatively high, and none of them are really. Uh, backed up the position in which they were drafted, like AJ Epinesa as well. Like they need somebody, and that's why they that's why they brought in Von Miller last year because they knew they didn't have any juice. And then when Von Miller, it felt like their season ended when Von Miller got hurt. And that I think bringing in Leonard Floyd is a really good depth addition. If I'm Buffalo, I'm going all in and getting Chase Young. I want to see Chase Young in a Bills uniform. Get somebody who has proven that he can get to the quarterback opposite of Von Miller. You have Floyd there as well at depth. And I think that having Rousseau, Basham, they are fine playing rotational pieces. Um, but if I'm Buffalo, I want to see Chase Young <laughs> in a Bills uniform. Other than that, like having Trey White healthy, Micah Hyde coming back from injury, like there's a lot of guys on that side of the ball that got hurt last year. So yeah. having all of them healthy uh, at the same time on that side of the ball, Poyer, Hyde, White. I want to see Kyrie Elam take another step. And then uh, Matt Milano, we know how good he is. So guys on that side of the ball are, you know, when they're all healthy, they're really good. It's just a matter of can they all stay healthy and on the field at the same time. Offensively, Gabe Davis needs to show that he's a viable threat week in and week out and not just up and down constantly. I want to see what Dalton Kincaid provides if he's going to be the solidified number two option. And then we'll see with all this DeAndre Hopkins stuff, if he ends up in Buffalo or not too. So a lot of guys that I'm always excited about seeing, but there's there's definitely some guys who need to prove it. I think Khalil Shakir will be fun to see after the, the second half of 2022 that he had. Um, so yeah, everybody, um, you know, there's, there's guys that definitely have a lot to prove this season. Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest guy that you mentioned for me was Greg Rousseau. I mean, he he had eight sacks last year. That day it was solid. I mean, it was another jump, doubled him from his rookie season. But now this is the year where he's really got to make that 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 extra jump that can he can say, okay, I'm going to be the starter on this team for a while. Um, I think bringing in Leonard Floyd will take some pressure off of him. I mean, it's it's I don't I don't think Von will start Week One. I'd be very shocked if he did. I know that he keeps saying he's going to, but. Sure. It's an, it's an ACL injury, and he did it in November. So it's, it's going to be tough. Um, and then offensively, I mean, Kincaid's the big one, right? The big draft pick that's, that's, you know, everybody's excited about. But I'm also excited to see Deontay Hardy. I'm excited to see how the Bills use him. Um, didn't really, I mean, didn't, didn't, hasn't done too much in his career yet, but he's a big yard uh, yak guy. I'm excited to see how they use him in this offense. I think he's an upgrade over Isaiah McKenzie, um, at least from his number, his, his, analytics everything like that has been upgrades over mckenzie and mckenzie as much as everybody loved him he just wasn't wasn't that guy that could take over that third Mm -hmm. third spot so i think the receiving core and just the 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 pass rush like you said are the two yeah they're the two that i'm i'm most excited for um so it's going to be interesting but i do have i know we're running here on time but i do want to get into one other thing which we always do this this every week I know everybody always looks for Hunter for his his big his big uh, Buffalo history, but we're gonna do it a little different this time. We're gonna do the history of Bills and Steelers because Jared is a Steelers fan himself from Pittsburgh, right? From Pittsburgh, yeah. so from Pittsburgh, not too far. I mean, obviously the Bills they've they've played them a pretty good amount of times, um, but yeah. So we're gonna do some trivia. It's gonna be five questions. Okay. If you can get it right, I told you there was gonna be before uh, before the show. I told you this was gonna be a little 
little prize if you get them all, which yeah. it's going to be a built in Buffalo. Any T-shirt that you want from the built in Buffalo catalog. Oh, how exciting! A ton of them. Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to get, I'm going to send it to you and everything, if you can get them all right. Okay. But we'll start it off. We'll just get right into it. Question number one: Who leads the all-time record between the Bills and Steelers? And if you can get the record correct. <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you how many games there are. I'll tell you. There's been 29 games, including playoffs. Who leads the the all-time record, which I honestly, 29 games was kind of low, I thought. Um, Who leads it? And if you can get a bonus point, if you can get the record correct. When would they have, like, started playing consistently? Probably probably around the 70s would have been. Yeah. Okay. Um. 29 games. I know the Bills have kind of owned it recently. Pittsburgh won in 2021. Bills had won the last two. I'll say Pittsburgh. That feels right. I have no idea what the record. I'll say like 18 and 11. Oh, that was close. The Steelers did. They do have the record and it was 17 and 12. Damn it. One off. And their Steelers are two and one in the playoffs against the Bills. So they also hold the playoffs against them. But yeah, 29, I thought they, they would have played him maybe a little bit more. But yeah, 29, 17 and 12. Obviously, the, you know, the Bills have had the past couple of years. But uh, those drought years really just Pittsburgh. Sure. You know, yeah, I was going to say, there was like a, I saw a decade and a half where it wasn't, uh, it was bad. Yeah. Um, all right. So question number two. This one, I, I feel like you'll, you'll get with relative ease. And it's also got another bonus point if you can get what the bonus is. Who was the running back to have the record for the most most yards in a single game against the Bills? It's oh, sorry, that was poorly worded. Who has the most rushing yards in a single game for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It happened against the Bills, and I'll give you the hint that it happened within the past twenty years. Oh yeah, and no, it was, it was Le'Veon in the snow. Yes, and if you yeah. can give me the yards, how many yards he had? Oh, that's a bonus. Like, it was a. I think it was like two thirty six. 236. That's correct. Yeah, that is yeah. correct. And he also had three touchdowns that yeah, day, which tied, went off. tied the seal. Yeah, I remember that. Game. I remember I played him in fantasy football that day as well. So it was not. I, I had him in fantasy football that day. So <laughs> it was a good day for me. It you was know, a great day. Ben had a poor game. I think Ben threw two or three picks. And I, just the elements after that, I think everybody's like, yeah, we're just never going to stop giving the ball to Le'Veon until, until yeah. it's shown that they'll I mean, stop him. Like, yeah, we they could not the Bills could not stop them at all. But 236 yards, three touchdowns on like 30 something carries. I mean, it was just an unbelievable game for him. Yeah. But you are two for two, but you have three points of that. So you can actually get one wrong and still still win. This next one is also I feel like you probably get pretty easily. Who was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills waving their jacket around when the Steelers played their infamous renegade tradition renegade song? And who ended up then after right before they ended up actually um, scoring, the Bills ended up scoring to take the lead. So who's the quarterback waving his waving his jacket on the sideline? There's a video of him waving the jacket There's on the Bills sideline. Quarterback, right? Who's yep. their Who's their backup then? Still on the team, actually. So he's still on the team. He left and then came back again. He's not probably not going to be the number two backup. He's probably going to be a practice squad backup. Is it Barkley then? Yeah. Yeah. Matt Barkley. Yep. Yep. And then I remember. The um, so it was Matt Barkley, it was the Renegade song, what happened, and then right after that, they ended up, Bills ended up extra scoring a touchdown right after that, Josh Allen, uh-huh. and I remember that's why it became that, for the Bills fans at least, it became very Oh yeah, famous. was it, uh, it was one of the tight ends, was it Dawson Knox who scored, or was it the other one? 
I think it was Knox. I think it was Knox. Okay. It, it was yeah. It was a little. I think it was a little corner route into the into the right side. And I mean, that was I think the first real game that I think it was also the year that there was you the Steelers were eleven and oh that year. They no they had so they started off the year. So Ben got hurt that year. They were eight and five going into the final stretch of games where they played Buffalo, the Jets, and the Ravens, and they lost all of them. Uh, Duck Hodges threw three or four picks that game, and yeah, that was kind of the beginning of the end. Yeah, I remember. I remember Duck Hod. I remember people saying Duck Hodges was uh, better than Josh Allen for a little bit there. <laughs> people are dumb. Yeah. Um, all right. So you are three for three, but you have four points, so you're still good for to get one wrong. Next question. Who are the two players right now on the Steelers that have hmm. played for the Buffalo Bills? Two player Levi Wallace. Yep, there's one. Where the hell else do they have that have played in Buffalo? Hold on. Let me run through all my position groups here. I don't think they have a receiver that has. I don't know if he ever played. I don't think he ever played a regular season game oh, for the Bills. He yeah. might have. He might have gone in just late in the game. Oh, Trubisky. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. There yeah. you go. This next one. So you already got the prize. You already won. You already got five. But this next one, actually, I had no idea about this, but this was a, gr- a great one that I loved. Bill's Wall of Famer Joe Ferguson was high school teammates and won a state championship with which Steelers legend? I can give you a hint if you want, but I'll let you think for a second. If you want the hint, I can give you it. Okay, well, what years did Joe Ferguson play? Joe Ferguson played in the 70s and I believe a little bit in the 80s. That was actually the hint was that the player who for the Steelers played his majority of his career in the 70s. Oh, okay. And he was he was high school teammates with him? High school teammates with him, yep. High school teammates, Joe Ferguson. Okay. He is a Steelers legend. I'll say that. That's okay, so legend. it's a legend from the 70s. All right, that narrows it down. Um Joe Ferguson. That sounds like it could be a blue collar guy. I'll say Jack Ham. Nope. I will give you one more hint. He gives his money away a lot on oh, Terry. Terry Bradshaw. Terry. Yep. Terry Bradshaw. I, that one I I saw it and I was like, I, you know, I gotta ask. Um, so you did get that one wrong, but you still got five because you got the bonus for Le'Veon Bell, 236 yards. So after the show, we'll pick out, you know, you can you're you not even have to show, you can just DM me even just a shirt that you like from the website. Oh, good stuff. I'm excited. Um, yeah, and there's some good ones up there. There's a lot of good ones. I know that, that even though you're not a Bills fan, I think you'd like. But before we hop off, I do have one story that I wanted that I found out about the Steelers um, that I would want. I just wanted to mention to you. I don't know if let me let me know if you knew this. So I was reading this is actually from Buffalo Fanatics, another great page. Go check them out as well. But despite all of the Steelers' success that they've had. They haven't always been good. This is what they wrote. The Steelers have not always been good. In fact, they were they had a drought of their own spanning 38 years, 38 seasons, all the way from 1933 to 1971. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh made the playoff only one time in that whole entire 38 years without winning. It's for this reason that during the NFL and AFL merger, Pittsburgh was ousted from the NFC to the AFC, going from elite company to lower level AFL teams. So that's why they are in the AFC. I didn't know if you knew this. I had no idea. Um, so I guess that's part of the reason why they moved from the NFC or from the NFC to the AFC technically um, when they merged. Yeah, no, they were horrible until, yeah, the they took Joe Green in the 69 draft and then started to get better. And then they had took Bradshaw in 70 and then they had um, the draft in 70. 
74? 74 where they took four Hall of Famers in the same draft. And then everything was peaches and rainbows for the rest of the decade. So that this is my question to Bill's Mafia, to anybody listening. You can comment it down below. Would you rather have the 38 years with one playoff drought or 17 years of nothing, no playoffs at all, the Bills? I know that's obviously a tougher question. I'd, I'd probably say I'd rather have the 17 years. But again, if I can get the success after that the Steelers have had, I'll take 38 years of one playoff and then the success. Yeah, I mean, they've been uh, Pittsburgh's a model of consistency. You know, the whole, you know, three head coaches since 69. It's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed my life as a Steelers fan. A little bit of a transition period last year, you know, seeing Ben go. Um, but yeah, I'm, this is the most excited I've been going into a season since like 2019 or 18. So I'm excited. It'll be, it'll be a fun year. Yeah, I actually was on um, AJ's analysis late yesterday. Another guy from Buffalo Rumblings. Go check him out. Go check out that episode. But I did. We did reverse AFC rankings, um, and I had. I think I had Pittsburgh at ten, but they were the one team that I had said that could be the team that makes me look dumb because they. I, I think their defense. You got the defense is going to be there. I think you know you got the defense. You got one of the most underrated players, in my opinion, in the league, in Cameron Hayward. Everybody knows he's great, but I don't think people realize how great he actually is. Yeah. And then the offense, I like the offense. I like the moves they made. I like, I like going out and getting Allen Robinson as the number three receiver there. Um, so I'm excited to see the, the, the Steelers this year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I kind of wish that the Bills were playing them this year. Um, it would have been a good good little game. I don't. I'm very happy they're not. After <laughs> well, what happened last year, not, not a fan. Well, you got the Steelers came and beat the Bills week one two years ago. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a game. I, I fully went into that. I was like, all right, they're probably going to lose. If they keep it close, I'll be happy. And then they have Miles Killebrew blocks the punt. And then who the hell? I think it was Ulysses Gilbert sco- uh, scooped it and scored it. And then Ben tossed a touchdown to Deontay in the back left corner of the end zone. And Deontay made a fantastic catch. Um, and yeah, second half, they were just... You know, Josh couldn't move the ball whatsoever offensively. They had a fourth down stop um, that I think kind of sealed it. So, yeah, it was a game I didn't expect them to win whatsoever, and they did. And then they last year where they almost put me in the hospital in that Cincinnati game to begin the season. Yeah, I'm hoping that this year's week one won't be as cardiac arrest risking against the 49ers. This, this is their first home opener since 2014. For the wow. Steelers, it's been almost ten years since they. Yeah, kind crazy. of. That's actually. They, they, I, I'm wondering how if that's like got to be up towards a record, right? I think. I would assume so. Uh, the thing is, is that um, somebody who pointed this out to me. Um, did, oh, uh, Derek Brown from uh, All Steelers. He he pointed out that um, it just so happens that the past eight years, uh, like. Pirates games like have, they've had a series on uh, week one, so the way with parking and everything since the stadiums are so close, they didn't want to have you know two games going on at the same time. So the Steelers get shipped away for that weekend and and open up uh, Heinz Field and now Exeter Stadium week two. But now they get to open at week one at home, which is something that like I said hasn't happened since 2014 when they played the Browns, and that's the game that Antonio Brown kicked a punter in the face. Fun fact. <laughs> that is i completely i did not know that it was a week one game actually but 
that is I, I, everybody i think everybody and every nfl fans remembers that moment i'm sure when antonio brown i mean there's a lot of antonio brown mo- mo- uh, moments including almost almost becoming a buffalo bill um but happen. yeah but all right um yeah that's all i got for today that's all we got for today. I mean, it was a great conversation. Great having you on. Appreciate you coming on. I mean, sure. it's always, I know, like I said, we always have some, some interactions here on Twitter, but, you know, it was nice to be able to, to have some sports banter um, on, on, on the podcast. So thanks for coming on. Any Anything you want to just let the viewers know about that's coming up for you or anything just big, just go ahead and then we'll, we'll log off here. And, and yeah, so anything you got? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jay Bailey NFL. Um, I did my power rankings on USA Today, quarterback rankings in USA Today. Um, and then on YouTube, um, I watched the tape series. I did one on Josh Allen. I think it's pretty good. Go and watch that. I've also done ones on Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett. And then my newest one is on Justin Herbert. So please go watch that. Subscribe to my YouTube. Send me nice things. It's great. Um, and then outside of that, uh, yeah, like I said, camp. I'll be at Steelers camp. Um, I had on my schedule that I'll be going at the Bills camp. I'm still going to be uh, trying my damnedest to do that, aiming for July like 27th, 28th to go to Bills camp. And then at the tail end of everything, I'll be at Commander's camp. So three little pit stops. Maybe I'll make a pit stop in Philadelphia. We'll see how everything goes. Um, and then, yeah, rolling, rolling, rolling throughout the uh, the NFL season. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm, it's exciting time right now. You know, getting to that time, and if you're, if I, I'm, I'll be at one of the camps, so I'll, I'll have to let you know if, if, if we're at the same one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun season. A lot, a lot of good things. You know, good talk today. Um, and yeah, go follow YouTube. Go follow his uh, Jared's Twitter. Everything. Great content. Great everything. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's just getting to that time, man. Getting to that time, and where everybody's excited. So. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe down below. Let us know what you think. Go check out the other Burlton Buffalo shows. They could, they do great live shows over there. Um, Izzy, all those guys. I mean, just you know all of them. But we're it's, it's a fun time. So appreciate you guys listening. Um, next week, we'll let you know if Hunter's going to be here, if I'm going to be here. We both should be here next week. But, yeah, Jarrett, thanks for joining me again. Absolutely. Um, it's been a pleasure. And we'll have to have you on again later in the future, when maybe, maybe with the Steelers and – Bills meet up in the playoffs. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little preview show. Um, Sounds good, buddy. But, yeah, so thanks for coming on. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. And go Buffalo.